0: Greetings, programs, and welcome to a new episode of the Awesome Friday Podcast. This is December the 18th, so Merry Christmas, in case we don't see you um, before then, because um, it's a radio show. Anyway, my name is Matthew, and with me, as is going to be usual in the month of December, is Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. How are you today?
1: I'm good, thank you, Matthew, and early Merry Christmas to you, and Happy New Year, although I'm pretty sure I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, so really, no point in saying that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think we're going to talk twice before Christmas. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if our listeners are going to hear all three of those times uh, before Christmas, but um, we are definitely talking at least twice more <laughs> before Christmas. So,
1: one of one of them at least will be before Christmas. I'm pretty yes, concerned.
0: that's true. On your show, I'll be on your show for a change.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that one actually.
0: I gotta yeah, although <laughs> I say for a change, but it's not really a change. I've been in your show like twice in the past month. So
1: Yeah, but not with me. Just but with not Dakota. with you.
0: Just with Dakota. That's yeah, true. yeah. which is fine. I mean, like, uh, it'll be nice to talk to both of you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be the change. Um so this week we're, uh, it's a little bit different. Normally we talk about two things and this time we're going to talk about one big thing. We're going to talk about the Whistler Film Festival, which I am watching movies at remotely and you actually flew out to BC to attend earlier this month.
1: Yes, um, Telefilm very kindly um, sent me and and a group of other <clears throat> journalists out there from Toronto, Montreal, and one from Vancouver as well. Uh, they didn't fly out, obviously. They just took the bus up to Whistler, but um, yeah, it was a really great trip. We were there for was it four or five days, something like that, in Whistler. Um, so we got to do pretty much all the in person stuff. Uh, I they whistler tourism board as well got involved and they brought us up to the peak of uh whistler and blackcomb we got to have lunch up there it was really really lovely it was a very very swish trip it was very nice
0: yeah it is a really beautiful part of the world yeah uh did you do the peak to peak gondola thing
1: yes we did we did i'm so bad at like capturing these things on social media because i just don't think to do it but everybody else in like the gondola was like Taking videos and I went. Oh, I should probably take a video. But then I thought, oh, but then I'd have to ask them to move. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know what? It's mine. I'll just sit here and I'll look at their pictures. But it's beautiful though. I've never been to Whistler in the winter. I'd only been um, late summer, and that was back when I was like sixteen. So that was quite a while ago. Uh, but yeah, yeah like at least it was... three or four years. That's... Yeah. <laughs> very kind um but it was it was very it was very beautiful though and it was it was very cold though uh it was it was during the weekend that um bc or vancouver i should say got some pretty uh, pretty like unseasonably cold and snowy weather um for you guys anyways and whistler was very cold and even even the people at whistler were saying like that this is a lot colder than it normally is beginning of december like it's not usually this cold at this time uh, so yeah, yeah I got our... a nice Canadian proper Canadian winter early.
0: Yeah, it was our one our one cold weekend um <laughs> that we get here. Uh, usually yeah. we get it in January, but this year it seems to have come in December, so
1: I wonder if it'll That's happen fine. in January now.
0: It probably will. You know, climate change <laughs> is a real thing and it is uh, the, It's freaky. It's uh it's making the interestingly it's making even though like the the to like pond and lakes where my dad lives don't freeze anymore. It is making the weather here in Vancouver worse in the winter, which is a whole thing. It's a really interesting science that we should not get into because it's just weird and <laughs> Also, you and I probably
1: aren't like qualified to be talking about actual climate change situations, but I think what we I mean, can say that. is it's, it's messed up. Like it's messed up. It's messed and and yeah. something these probably, I don't know if something can change although yeah i get the. we're not getting into this
0: yeah i I just get the feeling we're past the point of no return so it's uh
1: well what i was gonna say is you remember growing up and they were saying like all the talk was about the ozone it was all the ozone layer and they're like it's ozone this and like it was very petrifying when we were kids that was all we heard and now they're saying like it's act like whatever we've done since the time of when we were children um the ozone is patching itself up because of hopefully some of the changes that have been made. So
0: No, that's true actually. Yeah. We we the 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 CFCs that we uh can't remember what that even stands for because it's been so long, but the things the things that were damaging the ozone were, were banned and now mm-hmm. the ozone is fixing itself. So like we can yeah. have an effect. Uh yeah. it's just that we aren't banning all the things that are other things that are ruining the environment. I would so. also say
1: we're not targeting the right people. Like people want to like i think the whole messaging of getting on individuals to be like make sure you recycle make sure you do composting which is oh, good yeah. and i think that's great but truly like an entire community an entire suburb like the difference that we can make versus amazon for instance uh, yeah. is I don't remember
0: the so. I don't remember the statistic but it's something like 70% of all pollution comes from 100 corporations
1: yeah it doesn't surprise me at all because I mean, look at just look at the warehouses of of Amazon, like Amazon alone as a company. But anyways, I just received anyway, like two Amazon packages this morning, so I probably shouldn't be talking.
0: I mean, you're allowed to exist in the system and also criticize it. Is all I'll it's all. It's very true. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you.
0: And so that's very much like the Whistler Film Festival and also Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Seamless, sequence. <laughs> seamless Seamless,
0: seamless. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, we don't have a, uh, like, a set of two movies to talk about. Uh, Rachel, you've obviously seen way more than I have because you flew out here and have more free time than I have had recently. Um, I've only seen three movies so far because I'm covering it remotely. Uh, how many have you seen?
1: To be honest, not that much more. So when we were at, uh, when we were there, um, we ended up seeing, like, a few movies in person. Um, but actually, a lot of them were, a lot of the movies that I've, I've, I sent you a list of, like, oh, these are all the ones I've seen. I've actually seen them at, like, other festivals. Um, mm. So there, there is that. But I did get to catch up on Knives Out while I was over there because... I was seemingly the only Toronto film critic who had not seen it yet. So I I had to go watch it in theater in Whistler. I watched White Noise um, while we were there. Did not really like that. And then a bunch of Canadian movies. Um, So there was, we're going to talk about them, but like there's Diaspora, uh, Alice Darling, which is technically Canadian. Uh, Mm -hmm. Niagara, which I really enjoyed. Sanctuary, which is not a Canadian. That was at TIFF. That's like another one that was, not necessarily a um canadian or a whistler film f- film mm-hmm. for the festival but it was one that they picked up on the bigger one. so that that was great though so it was nice to be able to catch up on some of the other ones and they have um like i didn't even know that they had movie theaters in whistler to be honest like it just didn't occur to me that there would be one but mm-hmm. it's a pretty sweet festival because like it's very very casual so you yeah. have people who literally come up off the mountain after they're done skiing they still have their snow pants on they leave their snow gear like at the door and then they go sit down and you know like they're they literally just came from skiing and i'm like that's incredible i love that like i think that that's yeah. such a
0: cool it's a cool there, place to
1: do a film festival
0: was there such an interesting weird place um <laughs> and i really like it i actually really like it all year uh like it's i think it's actually just as great in the summer to go yeah. up there and just hang out from what, from what I remember,
1: thought. yeah, I mean, again, it was a long time ago, but, like, it was, it is very, I mean, that it, you, you live in a very beautiful province, though, like, as much as I, I like to shit on BC a lot, like, BC is a very, very beautiful province, and um, you guys have a nice, nice diversity of landscapes, which Ontario does not have, so.
0: Yeah, I was talking to someone else from Ontario the other day about how they moved here for the skiing, mm. because... You know, and I was like, well, you know, there's there's a ski resort technically where my sister lives in nah. in, Colling- in Collingwood, Collingwood. And, and then we were both like, oh, it's, it's more like a hill. It's like it a hill. is it's, it's when you've actually <laughs> when you've actually
1: gone to like even Tremblant over in, in Montreal, like when you've when you've actually gone to other places or such say Quebec, it's on uh, Montreal, but um, like when you've actually gone to other proper ski places, you're just like, oh, yeah, Blue Mountain's not really can't really call it a mountain. No, Blue
0: Mountain. I was struggling to remember the name of it yesterday. Blue Mountain.
1: Big, big old, but um, yeah. You go to Whistler. I mean, Whistler's the big. I could be Whistler's the biggest in Canada, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a, certainly I mean, that's
0: a... certainly the most like the, like the, the most pres- prestigious. I guess would be yeah. the word for it. Like the world, it's the world class one.
1: It is, yeah, and like uh, like uh, that was gonna be my point was like there are people from around the world who will travel there, like um to to. Like, it's a, it's a place for skiers, snowboarders. That I mean, there's a the reason snow. that
0: the local accent is Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I met so
1: many Aussies there, actually. Like, it's it was a very, like, the first few couple, like, the first day or two. Kind of like, oh, that's interesting. There's so many Australians here. Then I kind of realized, well, yeah, because I get it. Like, they, they all came here to do the ski and the snowboard and all that yeah. fun stuff. So And I like that exactly. the Olympic rings are still there. That's quite cool. It's fun.
0: Yeah, We still have a lot of Olympic stuff around here, yeah. It's well, uh, why for, take it for down? Better, There's no hers. point.
1: No, it costs a lot of money, leave it like, yeah. Just leave it really it.
0: did, it really did. <laughs> it's that's a whole other discussion, but anyway, that's again very much like films. <laughs> um, so I think I've seen I said I seen three, but I guess if you count things I've seen elsewhere, like I think mm-hmm. technically, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pokio Pinocchio Pocchio, yep. Pinocchio played as part of this festival too so i've seen more than just three yeah but uh i think we're going to focus on a couple of canadian films because that's the one thing i this is my third time with access to whistler film festival and the thing that i've come to appreciate it most is that it ends up being the festival where i see the most canadian stuff um and as it turns out we make a lot of good films you know like it's uh People, we don't, we often. I don't think. I think we over, we under, under appreciate Canadian cinema, and I feel a responsibility to try and rectify that. So let's talk about some Canadian films.
1: Canadian films uh, and a lot of like BC films too. Like there were actually a lot of BC filmmakers um, at the festival, uh, yeah. which was cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. So which one should we talk about first? I think we should talk about. Um, I mean, the most interesting one. I well, they're all interesting, but. Um, we're going to talk about, I think, diaspora and, um, Polaris pretty specifically, but like rapid fire, like what else, what else, like just like, what's like Cole's notes on a couple of the other ones you've seen?
1: Um, Niagara is a really fun French Canadian movie. If you're into French Canadian humor specifically, like it's quite dark. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, uh, the thing that drew me in was the, the little one, two line tagline that they put with the movie, which was, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was basically like, three middle-aged men um their father has just died because of uh, uh while participating in the ALS ice bucket challenge that was literally it and I was like that's funny so I was that's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch this. and it ends up being quite actually quite a moving film um about brothers and family and you know just kind of middle-aged Malays, um but very very french canadian as well like it's got some great humor to it and i really enjoyed that one um there's another one midnight at the paradise which is actually one that we saw as a group in whistler um that one is directed by vanessa matsui and that's like a very very toronto based one actually um and it's about a couple or two couples and one person from each of the couple previously had a relationship and they find themselves in Toronto, um, kind of a, it's not really like the before trilogy, but it has that feel to it, in my opinion. And, um, all the performances in that are exceptional, actually yeah. exceptional. Uh, what's another one that I saw there? Oh, Sanctuary's one. I mean, like, it's not really fair to say cause Sanctuary's, uh, um, it was like a TIFF movie, but I loved it. So anybody who hasn't caught up on Sanctuary yet, definitely go watch it. It has, it's kind of like dominatrix, but not like in a weird, it, it was definitely a COVID movie because it's just two people in an apartment, um, but it's very cool. It's got like a lot of Hitchcock vibes going on in it. And
0: Sanctuary, I don't have it in front of me, but Sanctuary is the one with um, Margaret Qualley, I think.
1: Y- yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah um it's cool like it's the colors in it are really amazing like i was really really captivated by that
0: movie actually
1: Um uh, and the last one's boy city which um are we going to talk about boy city no
0: yeah let's talk about it a little bit i think because i definitely stayed up way too late watching it last night <laughs> um and it is um i i don't know if i can go so far as to say that it is a good movie but it yeah. sure is dumb <laughs> and it's so and-
1: stupid but like i loved how stupid it was <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I didn't really connect with Boy City in the way that it needed me to, but yeah. I feel like if you connect with it, you're going to connect with it pretty hard. Like it's, it's a very realized, specific brand of stupid. Yes,
1: I realized too cuz like I I mean I was a big fan of So uh, so Boy City is basically like a send-up of boy bands from the 90s and early 2000s but set in present day. So it's a bunch of, like, middle-aged, like, mid-30s men, like, 35 to 40-year-old dudes who still have this belief that they can um, make a boy band, but they're grown-ass men. Um, And they talk about, like, with great reverence, like, Justin Timberlake, like, one of the guys changes his name because his name happens to be Justin. And he doesn't want to disrespect Justin Timberlake, so he changes his name to Jastin. Um, with an A. And it's Justin so with silly. An A. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really silly and dumb. But I think because I loved boy band so much growing up, like it was, it's just the perfect thing for me. And I actually realized when this morning when I asked you how'd you like it? And you're like, eh, I was like, I should have told you to watch Niagara. Cause I actually think you would have really <laughs> liked Niagara. Um that, that's actually probably one that was more up your street. But um, I think because I had just finished my review writing it, that's probably why I thought about Boy City. <laughs>
0: I mean, um, maybe. I mean, like I say, I did. I didn't really. I didn't really connect with it the way it needed me to. But there mm-hmm. are a couple of moments in it that are, legitimately laugh out loud funny. Uh, in particular, like there's one joke right at the very beginning where one of them points out that the golden age of music was '97 to '04. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and like. Yeah, like, I grew up in Canada around that time, and boy bands <laughs> were certainly, like, a thing here. And I think a thing here in a way that they weren't necessarily in other places in the world, too. Like, I think it is a very Canadian-specific thing. Like, Yeah. That's um, actually, like, I'm sure you've seen This is the End. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which which ends with a Backstreet Boys yes. number. And the reason okay. it ends with a Backstreet Boys number is that uh, Jay Barakel and Seth Rogen are Canadians about my age, and the Backstreet Boys were huge here about a year before they were huge in the States. And yeah. we just all grew up with them. So, like, it's definitely a Canadian thing. Like, boy bands are a weirdly Canadian late 90s yeah. thing.
1: Well, I think it's also, um, as, a, as a as a boy band fan, it was a lot of boy bands from Ireland and the UK. And that was mm-hmm. how the Backstreet Boys got us early, was because... Um, they were huge in germany like really big in germany and then they made their way over to canada first it was like ytv hit list i don't know if you yeah, remember that show but I that do. was where like a lot of that stuff came from and I, that's how i learned a lot about different boy bands like five and boy Zone and those guys like they weren't necessarily big in the states i don't think um now it's i separate. think it's really different now i think it's with the internet i think there isn't that thing of like, oh, you're big in one area and then you move to Canada. If you're big in Europe, then you come to Canada, then you go down to the States. Um, now it's just all at once. But yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed Voice City though. I thought it was funny. Jonas Turnick has like a little tiny role in it, which is... Um, yeah, I was going to
0: say, he, he, he turned, nice Jonas turns up and he is hilarious for his yeah. approximately eight minutes of screen time.
1: Yeah, very briefly, but he's delightful in it. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, I think but yeah, I, I, I think it's a fun movie. So if you're into boy bands, that's a cool one to check
0: out. Yeah. And I think like if, like I say, there's a, it's, it's a very specific brand of stupid humor as well. Mm-hmm. And if you, again, if you're going to connect with it, I think you'll connect with it pretty hard. Some, uh, a bunch of it really didn't land for me, but the stuff that did like the, the jokes that do land, I thought were really funny. So yeah, it's, uh, it's always tough with comedy i to, think you got to be in a good headspace
1: in. for that one too like you got to be ready to be like i'm gonna watch something really stupid um but i do apologize because i should have told you niagara because i actually think you'd really like niagara still watch it it's a great it, it's actually quite funny i enjoyed.
0: it well the nice thing about whistler film festival is that even though the in-person portion is over the online portion lasts until i think january 2nd so yeah the time? yeah 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 um so i mean let's talk about talk about we're already talking about Niagara. We're going to talk about that again. Uh, let's move on to, um, I guess, Diaspora, which I think is mm-hmm. one of the most interesting films I've seen in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. It's the story of a young woman who moves to Winnipeg from the Ukraine. And she basically, like, there's not really that much of a story. That's pretty much the entire setup. Uh, she moves into a really run-down apartment um, and just starts existing in the north end of Winnipeg in the diaspora that exists there. And what what's a really interesting choice about it is that she doesn't really speak English, so we get subtitles for her, but no one else in the movie really speaks English either, and they're all speaking different languages, and we don't get any subtitles for any of them. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was super interesting. I will also say this movie is way too long. Yeah. but. Okay. So but super interesting and really, really well performed by the lead actress as well. Uh, I don't know. What did you, what did you think?
1: Exact same thing. I, I, so I caught up with this in Montreal actually um, earlier this winter or fall, I guess in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved it because I like the idea of so actually funny story was when I was supposed to go to a film festival in Montreal, um, I was supposed to be on a jury there, but then I ended up getting COVID so I couldn't go. Mm. Um, but the, I was looking at the printout cause they, um, sent me a bunch of links so I could watch it at home instead. And for that movie in particular, um, they listed the subtitles and they just kind of, and they, and it was kind of a glitch in the system, I think, cause they said like Afrikaans and I was like, that's, weird like why is it there... i forgot and they didn't list english and french and other all, every other movie basically had subtitles listed in english and french so i emailed the pr people and i was like hey guys like just want to make sure that i got the right copy like maybe maybe i just got the wrong link or something like that and they said no 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 like the kind of the point is um you know there, there's only only one character gets subtitles which will be in english um for you but everything else you know you don't see subtitles so i went okay that makes sense that's interesting and then that kind of piqued my curiosity about what this movie was going to be and how they were going to do it i completely agree with you about it being far too long um i believe it's over two hours if i'm not mistaken yeah it's
0: like two hours and 10 i think
1: yeah and Um, like it's very 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 long it could have been a real tight 90 minute movie and um because it's like you said there's no real storyline to it like we're just watching a young girl acclimate herself to a new country where she doesn't speak the language she doesn't have to call. and like there's moments of her thinking that she's found like one of the the kind of the saddest moments to me was when she was so excited to find the uh, orthodox ukrainian church and she was jacked right. she got all dressed up to go to church on sunday and then she shows up and um it's like turned into a filipino catholic church basically yeah. and she's just like like and i felt terrible for her because that idea of you thought you found, um, some people after, you know, a pretty lonely entrance into a new country only to find that, yeah, no, that that's not how that's going to work out for you. Um, so it's really like a slice of life of a new immigrant. And because nothing really big happens in it, I should say, like, it just doesn't need to be that long, but you know, it's, I still think it's great movie it's a very interesting film um, there's a lot to be talked about and it actually had its premiere in Winnipeg just last week actually um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's I, I think it's a great and it's a bit of a shame I don't think it's made as much noise as I think was expected of it because it is quite topical as well these days um, not just because she's from Ukraine but um, just the idea of the diaspora and, and migrants coming into Canada and what that's like for them Um, and I think a lot of people might be surprised how diverse Winnipeg is of all cities to choose in Canada, that this was going to happen. Like Winnipeg was to me, a really interesting choice.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely, I just, I just checked too. It's definitely very topical for the day with, you know, Canada basically needing immigration, but what, Mm -hmm. how do we treat the people who arrive here? Um, and yeah, it's it's two hours and twenty one minutes long, not two hours and ten. It's definitely like, I don't I don't want to harp on this, but it is way too long. You're right; it could definitely have been uh, a tight ninety, which is interestingly what the next movie we're going to talk about is. The next movie is a perfectly a perfect tight ninety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's super, you know, as a as a as a English speaking white dude in BC. Which is a fairly diverse city, really mm-hmm. like I, I don't I think I think this movies interesting because it really highlights parts of the immigrant experience that I think that we don't ever think about And I think that's obviously the point but mm-hmm. I don't really you don't really think about how difficult it must be to communicate moving to a whole new place by yourself where and you end up living in kind of the shitty part of town and you know, you can't really learn the local language because nobody else there speaks it either. Um, and there doesn't really seem to be any systems in place to, like, help. <laughs> and yeah. that, that really sucks. And uh, it makes me feel like we should do something about bettering our immigration system and just our social systems in general. But
1: Well, I mean, it's interesting because... A... So my when my parents came to Canada, they went from Hong Kong to Edmonton. Um, or Grand Perry, um, Alberta, I should say more specifically. And that I know for them was obviously a massive culture shock because, you know, you go from Hong Kong and it was freezing. Like they came in in like September. So it got cold really quickly for them. And but I think one difference with for them was there were a lot of other so they came over here for a post secondary school. Um And the difference is, is there was a lot of other Hong Kong students who had come over. And so there was a little community of them, many of whom they're still friends with um, and some who still live in Edmonton. Um, But I think, you know, kind of talking about Winnipeg as a city, I think it's really interesting choice because, like you said, like there was nothing really there to help her um, out. Whereas if you went to a Vancouver or a Toronto um yeah that's a good point too there's definitely a huge there's a huge ukrainian yeah you would find you would find people um and i think like there's an interesting historical bent too where you know one of the kind of the great things in, in canadian history that well when i was in school that we learned was about settling the west like that was a really big part of of um of canadian history class in grade eight or whatever uh and they talked about settling the West and how they basically tricked Ukrainians um, specifically about showing them all the farmland that was available in the prairie provinces. And and look how much like you're going to be able to make so much money, have such a great life for your your, um, family. And then they never really told them how harsh the winter is. They don't tell them how... Difficult that part of the year is going to be, which is the vast majority of the year, and how farming yeah. in the winter is very different to farming in the Ukraine. Like, and Ukraine gets cold, but it's not the same as some of the Prairie provinces. Um, and it ended up like a lot of Ukrainian immigrants died a long time ago um, because of that, because they just were caught out, like they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. So, um, yeah, they and the Canadian They government. weren't told
0: they were moving to effectively tundra and or muskeg. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and. So I found it interesting like that they specifically chose a Ukrainian immigrant and they chose a prairie province um, to do that in, but like in modern day. So I thought, and like kind of, it shows in a sense, things haven't really changed. They just, she just kind of showed up, didn't really get any help, no support. Um, because I think these days, a lot of people think, well, if you're going to make the decision to move to another country, that's kind of on you. Like you need to figure your shit out. Um, it's not up to the government to do that for you. Um, Which is a bit of a heartless
0: way of looking at it, but I mean, it is you know, all all of our social programs could use more money. The thing
1: is, we have pretty good social programs, like on relative to the rest of the world, like to most countries, Canada's social programs are decent, and that just kind of shows you what the hell else goes on in other countries. Like, if it's this bad in Canada, like you know i don't know imagine dropping her dropping off in the midwest in the states like what would that have been like like yeah it's very it's very interesting i I really enjoyed this movie because i think just think it raises a lot of different issues and makes you think about a lot of different things which i think was very cool
0: mm-hmm. i also think that just the what plays out like you said before that like nothing really big happens in the movie which is true um But some of the stuff that does happen is super interesting. Like there's a whole subplot with just like, she's living in this like shitty apartment with a landlord that because you don't understand what he's saying, you're pretty sure he's exploiting him, exploiting her because he's a landlord. Um, But also there's this guy who just sleeps on her couch every night. (laughs) And like, there's a, the whole subplot with that guy is just, and I don't think he even says anything at any point in the movie. The only interaction is is like her finding him on her couch And then yelling at him as he's like, fine, like, I'll just leave. He does not say anything. He just, like, slowly gets up and leaves the apartment. That was my Uh, favorite
1: bit, though, was his reaction to the first time she caught him because she's terrified, as I would be. Like, as any, I say women, but, like, I think anyone would be very terrified if you woke up in a a strange country and there's like a, he's, like, a big dude as well. Like, this, like, big mm -hmm. dude just sleeping on your couch. You'd be like, what the hell? So she's terrified and she's, like, crying. And, like, in the end when he leaves... But his reaction is just like, yeah, all right. Like he just gets yeah. up. He doesn't he doesn't fight back. He doesn't do anything. He's like, Yeah, I probably shouldn't be here. All right, bye. Yeah. And then he like he keeps coming back. And I think that yeah, I, I love that that ongoing bit as well. I shouldn't call it a bit, but yeah. I like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, the, the evolution of their relationship such as it is, is really really interesting and yeah. ultimately ends up being a bit heartbreaking toward the end. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a super interesting movie. I mean, how many how many stars would you give this movie? I'm gonna um, give it a solid a solid three, just for the record.
1: Yeah, I I so I have my review hasn't gone live yet, but I gave it a seven out of ten. So I know I'm not allowed to do half stars on this. Yeah, lineup. seven
0: seven translates to three.
1: So yeah, I'll. I'll... The, the the rule is critics go go lower if you're going to round, round down not up because <laughs> yeah. you want to be cool um so yeah i'll go 3 it's a solid 3 but like i can hear and i can hear an argument for a 4
0: interesting i think the length keeps it from yeah
1: it's such a shame that this is something we keep harping on about cuz it's truly the only negative thing that we've said but be, it really does affect your enjoyment of the movie and the effectiveness of the movie as well like it's a bit of a shame that this one sticking point is it continuously keeps coming up. Cause it's the same with me too, though. Like I keep thinking about
0: that. Yeah. But I mean, it's not an insignificant thing either. Like yeah. we're yeah. talking about, like we're talking about an extra hour of film. Like it's not, it's not like it's a few minutes long. It's like it, like it feels like it could be a tight 90, like we said, and it's two and a half. Yeah. Two and <laughs> it's, and a half really long. it's really, really, really too long. Yeah. But it's also very confidently directed very well performed by the lead actress whose name i don't have in front of me and um it's a really interesting look at just you know winnipeg and canada and the immigrant experience in general so it's definitely worth checking out um maybe watch it in two chunks but it's definitely (laughs) worth checking out and it's yeah, interesting, see, too, because yeah. normally I'm a guy who's like, no, if you're going to watch a movie, you should watch it straight through just to get, like, the experience of the movie. But there's so little that actually happens in this movie that you could totally... Like, it could have been, like, a four-episode miniseries on CBC or something. I was something.
1: just thinking that. I was just thinking you could have chunked it into a miniseries, and it could have been yeah. maybe a little bit more interesting. But, um, yeah, it's too bad. Like, it's two and a half is, is... That's long. That's a long... That's a long movie. It's it a long a movie where just not a lot happens, but it's so you're, you're really relying on like the spirit quote unquote experience of the movie as being that, like I, I, this is very off topic, but like, I've heard people criticize all quiet on the Western front, the new one for being too long. And I'm like, yeah, but so much happens in that. Like, it doesn't feel long. I was like, it's a, it's a warm movie. But well, this one, I'm like, a... cut an hour out. It's it'll be. There's it'll a,
0: be there's a lot of like film, people push back against long movies at the moment. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a really interesting thing. And I think yeah. that sometimes I feel like it's warranted. Sometimes I feel like I i definitely am acquainted with people who are like, anytime a movie is even approaching two hours, they're like, Ugh, two hours. <laughs> what? Well, that's too long. And I'm just like, well, sometimes a movie needs to be two hours, man. Like yeah. nobody complained that Avengers Endgame is like three hours long. Right. Like,
1: but also we'll crush through, you know, binging on Netflix is like a thing. And so people will crush seasons upon season. And that's hours of television that you're just yeah. sitting there watching. So 100%. it is just that idea. It's like our brains just need like a break maybe. But I will also I, say I I don't, there's just only think... a handful of directors out there that can deal with a very long, like a three hour movie. There's only a few directors who can do that properly um, and not make it feel like a waste. Like, you know, Babylon is three hours, 10. It's a long movie. And I already know, and I think Damien Chazelle is a very, very, like, good director. Like, he's a very, very good director. But there's a ton of people shitting on him, saying like he doesn't know how to do a three hour plus movie, and so mm. it, it's tough. Like, it's really difficult to hold people's attention for that long. I mean, this yeah. is two and a half, like three hours is very. It is long. Like, I had to cut the Irishman in half. I think I didn't watch that all in one go.
0: Well, the Irishman should have been a miniseries, too, if you ask me. But. Yeah. Um... And I say that as a person who actually loved that movie. Um, I guess my what I'm trying to say though is that, like, I think I think it's a mistake to prejudge a movie because it's long. If you've seen a movie and yep. you're like, "That was three hours and ten minutes, and it was too long," I think that's totally fair. But if you see like the marketing for a movie and it says this movie is going to be three hours and ten minutes long, and you're like, "No, that's a mistake," like, I guess
1: it's it's like the 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 imposition of like if you go to the library and you see like a really big book. And you're just like, oh, that looks a little bit daunting. Like, I don't want to even, like, you don't know anything about the book. You just go, that's a big book. And you're just like, it's going to take me a long time to get through. And I feel like people just kind of have that, whereas, like, a a TV show, you could be like, I'm just going to sit here for 45 minutes and watch an episode or 50 minutes, whatever. And then um, maybe I carry on, maybe I don't. But I don't need to necessarily carry on to finish the thing that's on my screen. And it's just a yeah. weird way that we process stuff now. Because movies used to be really long, like back in the day. Like Gone with the Wind is, they had intermissions in
0: movies. Yeah. So, uh, different like, different yeah, brands. Lawrence of Arabia now, is I like suppose. three hours long, and nobody yeah. complains about that. Yeah. Ben Hur is so long that the Ben Hur is one of my all time favorite movies, and it's actually one of my dad's all time favorite movies too. And I grew up watching that movie. And for this, I'm, I'm going to use a word that maybe some of the our younger listeners won't recognize, but that movie came on two VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, have my
1: double uh, Titanic, two-tape two, two tape Titanic. I still got that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And even like the, you know, everyone loves The Lord of the Rings. Well, not everyone, but yeah. 99% of people love The Lord of the Rings. The short versions of those movies are three hours long. <laughs> like I still have the special edition DVD Box sets of those movies, yeah. and they are this. The movie each movie comes on two DVDs. There There's go. too much movie for a DVD. It's crazy.
1: That is pretty nuts, actually. It's the thing that it can't fit on one DVD. um But like yeah. you said, I mean, like the next movie we're going to talk about, uh, Polaris. That's a tight ninety, and it it's like it fits ninety perfectly. I think.
0: And interestingly, um, has a couple things in common uh, yeah. other than being Canadian and winter set um but also features uh lots of people talking with no subtitles
1: is yeah and this the, is the a, 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 a made-up language like a fictional language so
0: yeah i'm unclear i haven't i haven't had a chance to like do any like looking into this but um so the story of polaris why oh, don't you give us the rundown on polaris i think because you
1: sure so yeah. polaris is uh set up in the arctic and um i believe they shot in i want to say northwest territories
0: uh yukon um, it was the yukon actually it
1: was in the yukon one of yeah. the territories of canada yeah. um and uh it's about a young girl who has been it's so, so sorry i'll start from the beginning it is a kind of post-apocalyptic ish like it's set out in the future yeah and it's, there's set, a it's young in like
0: 2144 i think is the, year, yeah. the beginning
1: and so there's a little girl named Sumi, I believe is her name, and she is uh, was raised by a polar bear, and um, her and the polar bear get uh, what do you call it? They get detached. <laughs> like she gets kind of stolen by a group of. Um,
0: Bad guys. Kind of mad
1: yeah, Mad Max like bandits. And yeah. um then in, in the movie is basically about her finding her way back to her mother, um her the polar bear mother.
0: Yeah. Uh, and
1: it's about this little girl. They don't speak English. Um they yeah, they have a, it's a fictional language that they created for the film. The little girl, because she's raised by um who's played by Viva Lee, um who I adore. I think she's the best. I actually got to interview her, um, and that's gonna come up at some point whenever Polaris makes it out to theatrical. Um, mm and the yeah so viva she like talking to her was really interesting because she was saying one of the big things about the character is that uh because she's raised by bear her mannerisms and and the way that she acts as an adult is very bear like very animalistic um and so viva as a young actress she was like 11 or 12 when she made that movie um she just really got into this idea of she's like A child bear basically and i thought that that Mm -hmm. was really like dope i thought that was really cool um and yeah it's an incredible movie like there's there's some weird bits to it i would say like there's some aspects to it you know there's like a frozen girl kind of like an alien thing maybe i don't know um there's definitely something touching with the spiritual side of nature and um those connections are made but generally like it's it's an I think the idea of the movie, you're right. There's a lot to say that it is similar to diaspora. The idea of the movie is very, very interesting. Um, The execution though, I thought of players was, was great as well, but it's just, there's like a few funky things in it that I remember thinking like, Oh, that's, that's kind of odd, but, um, but it works though. It's an, it's a, it's a cool movie. It's a really, really cool idea of a movie.
0: Yeah. I think that, that um, even without knowing that that she had thought that I, I thought it was super interesting how well, vitally like was very clearly a bear child yeah (laughs) like there's a at the beginning there's one she gets sort of kidnapped and then she's manages to free herself and she ends up staying with this older woman and um their whole interaction in which you don't understand a word they're saying but you do understand everything that they're saying yeah uh is super interesting and that's a recurring sort of theme through the movie is that nobody's saying any words um, but you do understand everything that they're saying. You do understand everything that they are meaning as well, which is, uh, I think, a pretty incredible accomplishment. It could, it could very well just have been gibberish, like and nothing yeah. more.
1: I mean, it, um, in, in, in a way, it kind of was because there's no subtitles. Actually, we should probably point that out that there is no subtitles in this movie. Like, you don't, they don't tell you what they're saying. They, they kind of come up with their own language, but we're we're not actually privy to what they're.
0: Actually talking about. Yeah, but yeah, but but at no point are you ever confused as to yeah. what anyone yeah. is intending or meaning. It's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. There's that um what's the old saying that like 70% of communication is how you look, and 20% is how you sound and 10% is what you say. Mm-hmm. And so this really leans into the idea that like that 90% is actually yeah. a thing. Because like I at yeah. no point was I ever like confused during this movie um <clears throat> there's no point where i was like what is this character doing like because the, everything they're doing is very clearly laid out um and there is some weirdness in the movie too there's like the the, the main character has some connection to like the land and is able to like heal herself and people oh, yeah. and and like okay. You know, the, one of the first things that happens is at the beginning of the movie. She's missing an eye, and she takes an eye from another woman and like sticks it in her face, and it works. It's uh mm-hmm. super interesting, and we haven't even gotten to the part about how like everyone in this movie is a woman. There's no man in this movie. Yeah, which is it's also really interesting, really really interesting really choice, interesting.
1: I thought. Yeah, and especially because the kid in it is is she's young, like she's a child. So it is like some there is like somebody did make a kid so how did that happen um you know but she's not like a baby but like yeah there's kid and it's that is fascinating to me um I also want to point out the uh polar bear the polar bear's name is Aggie and this was her last movie that she ever did so she's worked as like a movie polar bear her whole life and then this is the her very last movie um she retired after this one and she lives on a uh conservation in manitoba which has like a bunch of polar bears there so she's living her best life over there now i, I yeah. thought that was very sweet no that was is very that sweet too. yeah and so I was like <laughs> that, that's lovely and they so they did use a real polar bear um although viva wasn't all like she didn't climb on top of the polar bear or anything like that that's probably well, not yeah. safe um, <laughs> but, but yeah but they did they did use a real polar bear but but yeah sorry to your point about it's just women like i um, actually, I'll plug this. Dakota and I interviewed the director uh, Kirsten uh, Carthu. Carthu, yeah, Carthu. I think that's how you pronounce it. We interviewed her during Fantasia uh, this year, and I don't, I like, I don't think that there was a real, per, like, a specific purpose of saying like we're only going to use women. Like it was just, but it was just kind of an interesting note of, and it's never addressed in the film. Like they don't talk about like oh, there's no men, like what happened or anything like that. Again, mm-hmm. we don't really know what they're saying, so maybe they did say that, but it's not a point. It's not like a it's not a, a plot point in there that that no men are around anymore. Um, but one thing I loved about that was I thought that by putting those little details in, when you first get into the world, the world feels very complete and very realized because they're not talking about it. it this is just the way life is for them, and that's how things go. Because um, mm-hmm. I think if you stop to if you have like a tourist in the area, which is usually your your audience um then they feel the need to explain everything but they don't do that they just kind of you get into the world and then you just go and i think that that's really cool
0: yeah i mean the only introduction to what's going on is like two lines of text and a title card at the beginning yeah uh and Yeah. yeah i think i think you're right that's uh you know there's definitely something to be said for the type of film where a new character shows up and has to learn everything so the audience can learn it but i think when when well executed like this movie you don't. You definitely don't need that, and the movie's often better for it. And like we, we definitely understand post-apocalypses at this point. Yeah. Like it's the only. I mean the 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 sort of bandit gangs whole aesthetic is very Mad Max, and very, the yeah. the the biggest difference here is that it's set after, a, basically, it's set during an ice age instead of during an endless summer. Um. And that's a very Canadian and b an interesting choice. Cause we often, you know, the, it's most, po- most post-apocalypses in movies are set in wastelands, desert wastelands. And so I do appreciate whenever it's literally anything else.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, I love that. Um, she used, so I believe, um, Kirsten is from the territories as well. Mm. Uh, I think she grew up in the Northwest territories, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the thing I liked about it, or Wait, where's Yellowknife? Is that Yukon or Northwest Territories? <laughs> Northwest Territories. I think Yellowknife's Northwest Territories. Um, but I think... Feel what feel bad but, that wh- now that
0: you've asked me, I'm like, wait, which one is it?
1: <laughs> I used to remember because it was like Yellowknife and Yukon, they both have Y, and they do not go together. So it was never Y, Y. It was always Y and then something else. That's how I remember it. Um, yeah, that's my geography memory coming in from grade school um but i would say so she made another movie um her first movie was called the sun at midnight and she made it in the territories but during the summertime so like long very long summer days and and very very Mm -hmm. kind of lush greenery and i think that that's really cool that we have filmmakers in canada who are using landscape like the territories like northern canada because it it's not i don't know if it's a place that a lot of people think to go to to make a movie but i like that she's done two. And they are complete opposite seasons so that you can film and show the beauty of the North of Canada in the summertime and North Canada in the wintertime. Cause they're equally very, very beautiful, but they are obviously very, very different um, terrains to work with. Um, so I thought that was cool. She's a, she's a really great director though. I, I liked um, seeing some of her other stuff.
0: Yeah. I definitely need to check out uh, more. I like her other film. You know, uh, yeah, and she's got it, a cool
1: th- short film as well. It's called Fish Out of Water. Um, oh, and I think I might have
0: seen that, actually.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Like, I'm I, big fan, big fan of uh, Kirsten. Or I realize, actually, like, she's, I think, titled as Casey. Mm-hmm. Her name. I'm, I'm buddies with her. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not actually. We <laughs> have spoken Zoom to her. Once. You're buddies with her in the um, same way yeah, that, yeah, like,
0: I have. I have spoken yeah. to her,
1: yes. I have spoken <laughs> to her. You're the, really your cool. friends
0: your friends with her the same way that I'm friends with Tom Hardy. We we spoke once. <laughs> Did
1: you speak with Tom Hardy? That's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, true story. Uh, so this is a number of years ago because he was in town shooting that not very good rom-com with Chris Pine and oh, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, this means war. Yeah. Yeah. So I was with my then partner and, and Simon and his wife. We were on Granville Island here in Vancouver shopping hanging out and i go into a kitchen store and my partner's in a different store and uh and my partner's in a different store with simon's wife and simon's outside in this like square and this beautiful woman walks up to him because simon has i don't know if you're aware of this but simon has the cutest dog like i'm sorry all the other dogs but Freud is the cutest dog. <laughs> Dumb as a post, but the sweetest, cutest dog. And this beautiful woman comes up and starts asking about Freud, about the dog. And so Simon's carrying on this whole conversation. And, and this woman's like partner, like Simon doesn't notice at first, comes and sits down on the bench beside them. And then I come out of the store with the things that I'm buying. And I'm like, I look over at Simon and I see the dog and I see this woman and I'm like, that's Tom Hardy <laughs> Wow, and so I walk over there, and we just all like, I don't know I like, I think it took a moment for Simon to like to like realize <laughs> what was happening, um, because at that point, um, and I feel terrible that I don't remember. I can see her face, but I can't remember her name, Tom Hardy's wife. I, I, um, is it the, hmm? I can't remember her name either. I don't know. Is uh, it the Charlotte Riley? That's Charlotte.
1: That's someone is that who she's. Is like the same person. I... Yeah,
0: Charlotte Riley. They've been married for a long time. Um, but so we get over there and like eventually, like, we just start talking with Tom Hardy. We talked with him for like five or 10 minutes. He whole, told a whole story about going on the, like, going and visiting Jonathan Ross and, and like <laughs> just like existing and how he was. At some point, I was like, look, man, like, I, I don't I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours. And he was like, oh, thanks, you know, whatever. And then we parted ways. And the, the funniest part of the story to me is that <laughs> Simon's wife, who is the loveliest person in the world, uh, comes out of the store. And she's standing there while we're all talking with Tom Hardy. And he's in the middle of telling a story about being at Jonathan Ross's house. And then when we part ways, and he's a very lovely human being, and so is Charlotte Riley. And then Simon's wife just looks right at us it, And it's like, how does that guy know Jonathan Ross? <laughs> like because <laughs> she didn't like put together that <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah it was it was a fun time so yeah now that, we're friends with tom i would hardy. say
1: i would say you are better friends with tom hardy than than i am with kirsten carthu because you guys actually met in person i just spoke on the phone with wow. Kirsten. so there you go you got one up on me on that. that's cool though see that's the joy of living in vancouver you get to
0: there are a lot of things that that shoot here,
1: yeah, tons. But uh, Toronto is more so you just get to see the suits crew, not anymore. But that used to be a thing. <laughs> you yeah, just see the suits people walking around all the time.
0: That yeah, is it. that is true.
1: <laughs> but anyways, back to Polaris. <laughs> Nothing about that.
0: That's uh yeah, that's uh it's very much like Polaris. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, I mean, I think that we're pretty strongly recommending this film, I would say. it's uh, still, I believe, playing as part of the online festival, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of great. And uh, I hope it gets some accolades in the new year. I don't know. I don't know that it's the kind of movie that would get um, any of the like sort of, quote big awards at the CSAs, but it already won it already won the cinematography award at Whistler. Uh, uh, Vive has
1: been Vive has been awarded as well um, for her performance because she is great in it, and so yeah, I she, got an, getting she
0: got an she got an honor honorable mention for the performance Moros performance yeah. award at Whistler. So yeah, yeah, maybe I hope I hope she does because she's great. Uh, I really like
1: her. Um, yeah. She's like one that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for her to do because she's so young. So I'm just like, I can't wait for her to do all the cool things because I think that'll be um yeah i think that'll be really really great but she's yeah i i can't wait to see more of what she's gonna get up to because she she is so so young so she's got a lot ahead of her
0: yeah yeah so i'm i'm so i think i think for me i'm sort of dancing on the the precipice between giving it a three and a four overall but i think it's probably a four for me out of five
1: um I pulled up my review that I did during Fantasia for Exclaim and I gave it an eight out of 10. So I'm going to stick with a four as well. Nice. I'm not changing on that. I still think it's a I still think it's a solid eight. Like I think it's Yeah. It's,
0: ready. it's certainly again, it's one of the best, I think executed Canadian films I've seen this year for sure.
1: Definitely. And I like the landscape. I I'm loving this trend. Like slash back was another one. Like this idea of going up to the North and filming up there. And like, I think that that's, really cool because you know canada's a lot of stuff gets shot here but um typically it's used as something else so i think that something very distinctly canadian um that you can't really say that it's somewhere else in the world i guess you mm-hmm. could you could say it's the arctic or you could say it's russia or whatever but um yeah. there's just something very canadian about it and I, I love that i love that um you know more and more films are getting made uh up up there upper... mm-hmm.
0: yeah there was a it's too early in the morning because I keep thinking of it like, oh yeah, there's a there's a great movie that from last year that was set in like northern Quebec on a reserve, um, mm. and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it. <laughs> um,
1: well, I'll say but, um, yeah. there's a show I've been watching, Three Pines on Prime. Um, they shoot that in like a remote area of Quebec, I believe, um, and it looks. Cool. Yeah, that's it's actually based
0: worked. on a on a pretty famous Canadian uh, yeah. novel by the same. Like, like Canada's uh,
1: Agatha Christie.
0: Yeah. It's uh I mean it turns out we live in a very beautiful country. We do. It is very very gorgeous. Uh, and country. Especially especially if you like stark landscapes, which we have many
1: of <laughs> vast, never ending landscapes. Yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, but, I mean it's it is it is undeniably beautiful. Like yeah, even yeah, so. even the you know, the stark or to use a more cynical word, the bleak parts of uh bleak yeah it's not really it's bleak. bleak's an unfair word but it's like, very yeah, the...
1: rich with snow <laughs> yeah. it's not bleak i think it depends on what your definition of bleak like to me bleak would be i mean no offense scotland but like parts of scotland can get very bleak parts yeah. of england can be very bleak as well like the gray to me it's more about the gray and i think that the arctic because maybe it's got the bright white and um whatnot like i don't i don't really consider it bleak
0: yeah, I think that's an unfair word, but uh, it is it is beautiful. And, uh, beautiful, and I like it. I need to go north at some point.
1: Yeah. Easier time for you to get north than me, so you should take advantage of that.
0: Is it, though? I mean, I feel like it's... Yeah,
1: relatively speaking, because you're kind of already in a space that I'm... you can just go north, whereas me going north, I hit, uh, what's that thing called, Hudson's Bay?
0: Yeah, it's true. I think I'm technically more north than you are right now. So. You are,
1: yeah, you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. that movie, nice. ah, it's that movie I talk about. It's called Bootlegger. You should see it. It's oh,
1: nice. I should watch that. Yeah, it sounds yeah. interesting.
0: It's about a young woman who goes home to her reserve and, like, interestingly, uh, begins a campaign like that's a dry reserve and she has a does a has a whole like mission to, uh, open up the sale of alcohol because the bootleggers are ruining the community. Super interesting.
1: I'll definitely check it out. Like, is would you know where that is?
0: Uh, I haven't seen it in a year, so no. It's Canadian. It's honestly, it's probably on Crave. Most of most okay. of the stuff that we have talked, most of the stuff I end up seeing that is Canadian is at least funded in part by Crave. So uh, a lot Bell of it media.
1: Up there. A- Bell
0: Media, a- man. A- it's a part of the oligopoly that is Canadian telecom. That's again, as with global warming, we should not go down that road we don't need to get
1: into that right
0: <laughs> okay well um so is there anything before we sign off that's all i've actually seen from the festival but i'm still super excited to see more um but is there anything else you want to call out from whistler
1: um i'll say like the the two that i i mentioned before so niagara um and midnight at the paradise <laughs> i just completely forgot that what that was called midnight at the Paradise. <laughs> niagara um and there's also um coyote which i haven't seen yet i still need to watch it but uh, i've heard really great things from some of the other people that i went to whistler with and they 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 all said it was quite good so um yeah yeah, there's a few like and there's a cool short film packet as well that you can go and watch um some of them were really i actually went to one of the short film programs um that they were showing and it was great it was packed which I found interesting. Cause I think that you have a lot of different filmmakers. So a lot of their friends come in, mm-hmm. um, but it was like busier than some of the other screenings that I went to, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of cool things over at Whistler. So definitely check it out. Like you said, it's up until January 2nd. Um, and I think if you're in Whistler, it's a cool idea. You can like still watch the movie after you've done skiing, but just in your mm-hmm. hotel, but still fun. Yeah.
0: It's still pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad I got to cover it again because it's a, it's a great little festival. Definitely. And it's, you know, it's also, it ends up being kind of like just the last one on my calendar every year now. It's a nice way to cap off the year.
1: It's a nice end of the year, actually. It's a nice one to end the year off. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, um, call it there. Rachel, thank you again for being my co-host for this month. No um, <laughs> I think we have we have at least no one way. more episode, I believe, if all goes to plan, uh, uh, that we'll be recording for next week. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, where can the people find you?
1: You can go to rachelkh dot com, um, and then my social so Twitter and Instagram are underscore rachelkh.
0: And uh, oh, good
1: uh, go. country's and
0: <laughs> yeah, and it. and and, and that's yeah. and slash film and the globe and you're just yeah. crushing it lately. Uh, so, Crying. well, thank well you. done, well done. Um, well, th- and everyone who's listening, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're new here, welcome. And if you're not new here, welcome back. Thank you. We 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 love you all. Um, if you've liked what you heard, please consider. Um, uh, any amount of support is amazing uh, and the most meaningful is actually if you could go to your podcasting platform of choice and smash that like button or give us a five star review we would uh, be super appreciative and if you would like to support us a little more directly we do have a Patreon and a Kofi all of which will be linked in the show notes Um, you can also find us at awesomefriday.ca and on Instagram and Twitter at awesomefriday.ca or me, at Matthew AF on Twitter, as long as Twitter meaningfully exists, at least. Um, we uh, record this year, or I record this year in Vancouver, on the unceded lands of the Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh and Squamish nations. I don't know what nations Rachel, what land she lives on, so I can't call it out, but we acknowledge
1: I that. should know this, and I—I'm so sorry, but I do not. I, you know what? I'm gonna get that information for the next time we record. I'll do yes. that for you.
0: Thank you. I think it's important. Um, and yeah, that's—that's that's it for the show this week. So thank you so much for listening and for joining us on this awesome Friday.